Shalom, brothers and sisters. Shalom. We have a detailed lesson prepared for our brothers and sisters internationally. Today's lesson will be called A Prisoner of Christ, brothers and sisters. Today we will elaborate in detail the duty of those called to be a servant of the Most High God. The commitment, the dedication and obedience required to be accepted as a soldier enlisted in the army of the Lord, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. Ephesians 4, verse 1. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord. Read that one more time. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord. This is Paul, brothers and sisters. Beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Right. So the Most High wants his people to understand themselves in this way, which is a prisoner of the Lord. We are prisoners to this work. We have no choice in doing this work, brothers and sisters, those who have been called. Can you read that one more time? Verse 1. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Right. So our dedication to the Most High makes us prisoners of righteousness, brothers and sisters. So as a slave... Or a prisoner of the Most High God, that means we are owned by our master, brothers and sisters. If you ever heard the terminology state property, that's what they call you when you are in prison, a physical prison. That means you're property of the state. That's what that means. We are prisoners of the Lord, brothers and sisters. We are prisoners of Christ. Now, when you're a prisoner, when you're state property, that means you have no say-so on what you eat. You have no say-so on what you wear. You have no say-so on when bedtime is. You have no say-so on when you use the phone or where you go or who you see as a prisoner, brothers and sisters. Now, being a prisoner of Christ means full devotion of ourselves to the Most High God. And when you're a prisoner of the Most High God, that means exclusive ownership, brothers and sisters. Exclusive ownership. That means we have an owner, brothers and sisters. To be a slave of Christ or a prisoner of the Lord... We're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 to elaborate on that. 1 Corinthians 6 and 19. 1 Corinthians 6 and 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? Read that part again. <clears throat> what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you? Which ye have of God, and ye are not of your own. See, when you're state property, or you're a slave, or you're a prisoner, your body is not your own, brothers and sisters. Paul said he is a prisoner of the Lord. Those who are called to work are prisoners, or should view themselves humbly as prisoners of the Lord. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? Which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are brought with one, with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God. See, you're bought with a price. When you were slave, you were bought with a price, brothers and sisters. What therefore makes you what? Property, brothers and sisters. We were bought with a price, which means, therefore, we belong to the one who has paid that price, brothers and sisters. That's what that means. When you were slaves, when we were slaves, brothers and sisters, we were bought, we were viewed as property. When you're bought with a price, that means exclusive ownership. Exclusive ownership implies complete submission. 
So when we were physical slaves, brothers and sisters, I couldn't call the master up and say, uh, it's my birthday, uh, so uh, I ain't picking no peas and no cotton. I'm taking the day off, all right, brother? Fine with that? We didn't have that choice, brothers and sisters, as property. Now, we are property of the Most High because he paid the price. So exclusive ownership also implies singular devotion, which means no slave is worrying himself about obeying another master. I can't say, well, the master Jefferson from down the road, he said I could have a day off. We, had, we, we didn't have that right, brothers and sisters. So we are to view ourselves as prisoners of the Lord, which means not our own, brothers and sisters. We are slaves for Christ. We are prisoners of the Lord. We're going to go to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I want to stick with Paul for a second here, brothers and sisters. Please follow us. Romans 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Right. So voluntarily, brothers and sisters, we must lay down our lives to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. Why? Because we're prisoners of the Lord. We are slaves to Christ, brothers and sisters. We are to see ourselves as the most high instruments of righteousness in reaching others for heaven's sake, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brother, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Our reasonable service. Why is this our reasonable service? Because we've been bought with a price. The same way you were bought with a price to your slave master. Can you read that one more time, brother? <clears throat> Verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brother, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So if we present ourselves, brothers and sisters, as a living sacrifice, that means we're placed in the Most High God's eternal plan and purpose above our own temporary wants brothers and sisters we are prisoners of the lord we have no choice in the matter we have to do this work i don't have a choice in the matter but to do what he called us to do brothers and sisters we can't call in and say yeah well master i uh i sprained my ankle today so uh that peas that, that cotton that's gonna have to wait till tomorrow we would have been swung off a tree and we ever tried that, brothers and sisters. So we are prisoners to this work. We are prisoners to the Most High, brothers and sisters. Those of us who are called, the children of Israel who are called to do the service of the Most High, there is no choice, which means you can't pick it up and put it down whenever you want. That's, that's what this means. This is voluntary, brothers and sisters. So you don't have to label yourself as a prisoner, but if you're not, you can't have that responsibility. Being a prisoner of the Most High is actually a responsibility. Even when you're having a bad day, brothers and sisters, you still must work. The same way we did in physical slavery, brothers and sisters. When we were being beat and whipped, swung on trees. No choice in the matter, brothers and sisters. Paul was magnifying this. Saying, there's nothing else I can do. What am I going to do? What, am I going to go to the Christian church? <laughs> I'm going to go to the Holy Rollers of the Jehovah Witness? That would never happen, nor would I ever want it to happen. We have no choice in the matter, brothers and sisters. The decision has been made. The price has been paid. 
brothers and sisters. We must be a living sacrifice, brothers and sisters, to the Most High. Now, what's the service? What is the service for us as a living sacrifice? We're going to go to Isaiah chapter 49 and 5 to see what is our what is our sacrifice? What do we do as a living sacrifice? What are we called to do, brothers and sisters? Isaiah 49 verse 5. And now said the Lord that formed me from the womb to be a servant. So we were preordained to this service before the world began, brothers and sisters. To bring Jacob again to him. To do what? Bring Jacob again to him. This is the proper work of a prisoner of Christ, brothers and sisters. This is the proper work. If you want to be a prisoner of the Most High, this is your service. Read that one more time, brother, please. And now said the Lord that formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob again to him, though Israel be not gathered. So right now we're not gathered. Why are we not gathered? Because nobody have gone to Israel, brothers and sisters. We know about Christianity. We know about Catholicism. We know about Buddhism and Islam. But who's going to who's going to do this service, brothers and sisters? Those of us who've been called from the from the womb. And sometimes it's not going to be fun. Every part of this work is not comely, brothers and sisters. I'm tired sometimes. I, you know, want to just lay down and not study sometimes. I want to just, you know, walk past people and not say the truth sometimes. But I don't have a choice in the matter, brothers and sisters. And that's how we all must view this. We have no choice. You are slave to this work. You have no choice. There's nowhere else to turn, brothers and sisters. Only other place is fire and brimstone. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 5. And now said the Lord that formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob again to him. Though Israel be not gathered, yet shall I be glorious in the eyes of the Lord. Right. And my God shall be my strength. Right. And the Most High shall be our strength, brothers and sisters. So if you're one of Christ's sheep, he wants us to see ourselves as a worker in his harvest, brothers and sisters. To buffer that point, we're going to go to Matthew 9 and 37. We're going to go to Christ, brothers and sisters. Prisoners of the Lord. Prisoners of the Most High. Prisoners of Christ. Matthew 9 and 37. Then said he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous. Read that part again. The harvest truly is plenteous. The harvest means the souls who are ready to receive the truth are very numerous, brothers and sisters. But the laborers are few. Read that part again. But the laborers are few. Right. So that means not only is there a need for more workers, but we have to be about our work, brothers and sisters, for the most high. Because the, the harvest is plenty. There's much work to do, brothers and sisters. There's many people waiting to be reaped. But there's not enough workers. Because why? We want to deal with the cares of the world. We want, we want to have fun. I want to go out. I want to go to the bar. I want to go to the club. I want to be a rapper. I want to be a singer. I want to be a ball player. I want to be a lawyer. We're prisoners to this work, brothers and sisters. This is the only thing that can help liberate our people. Your music is not going to liberate anybody unless it's music of the Most High God. Not your R&B music. Because some people say, well, yeah, I just want to go get this cash. I'm going to be a rapper. I'm going to get this cash. And then I'm going to bring it to my people and liberate them. How many people have said that? 
Do they ever come back? Of course not. They never come back, but that's always the excuse. I just need to get this money first, and then I'll help my people. No, you won't. Stop lying. No, you will not. No, you won't. Read it one more time, brother, please. Verse 37. Then said he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. The laborers are few, brothers and sisters. Verse 38. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Right. So when there's a lot of work and few workers, brothers and sisters, you have to get busy. That's what that means. It's time to get busy. If you're called, brothers and sisters, and you know that you're called, it's time to get busy. That's what it's time for, because there's plenty of work to be done, brothers and sisters. There's plenty of people out there waiting to be reaped. And it's on each and every one of us, those of us who are called, each and every one of us who are called and have the truth and have the fervor, have the commitment and dedication. No days off, brothers and sisters. No days off. There is no, there's nothing else to do. Well, I just, you know, I just want to have a good life and, you know, I want to take my family on vacation. Listen, that all that's nice, but this isn't the time for that. We in Jacob's truck. It's time to work, brothers and sisters. It is time for us to work. There's an abundance of work and a scarcity of workers, brothers and sisters. So Christ saw a great need for workers in this harvest, brothers and sisters. Can you read that from the top, brother? <clears throat> Verse 37, then said he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers unto his harvest. Right. <clears throat> so it's time to get busy, brothers and sisters. There's plenty of work to do. There's many people who don't know the truth. There's many people who don't even know about the Sabbath. There's so many people walking around who don't even know eating pork is wrong, brothers and sisters. There's so many people. And a lot of us, most of us, are interested in the new AirPods that came out, or the new Air Jordans that came out, or, 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 or uh, um, the new movie and, and music, the Jay-Z album. We, everything else is on our mind, except for helping our people, brothers and sisters. We've been called to a work. We're prisoners of the Most High God. No days off. No days off, brothers and sisters. We got to get to work. We're going to Luke chapter 10, verse 1. We're going to stick in the gospel, brothers and sisters. Prisoners of the Lord. Called to do a work. Enlisted in the army of the Most High. Luke 10, verse 1. After these things, the Lord appointed others 70 also, and sent them two and two before his face, and to every city and place. Whether he himself would come. And this is why we have a, a person who break down the scriptures and we have a reader. Because this is the way they did it in the Bible. He said, I send you out by twos. And that's what we do. We send our brothers out into communities by twos. You don't have a bunch of readers and a bunch of teach. No. He send you out in twos, brothers and sisters. And that's why. Because a lot of Christians, they don't understand. They come in and see a reader and then a a teacher, they don't understand because they're used to just a pastor reading it and teaching it. And that's not the structure of the Bible. So that's one of the things that really catches Christians when they listen to our church. They're like, oh, and that's really different to have a reader and a teacher like that. We used to just one man and his voice being the only voice that's heard. No, we sent our brothers and our sisters out in twos 
So we deal with the structure of the New Testament, brothers and sisters, not the Old Testament. We're not calling ourselves generals and soldiers and nah, nah, nah. We're dealing with the structure of the church in the New Testament, brothers and sisters. And he send us out in twos. Can you read that again, brother? Verse one. After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place where the he himself would come. Excuse me, would come. Therefore said he unto them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. So the harvest is plentiful, brothers and sisters, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs amongst wolves. Carry neither purse nor scrip nor shoes. And salute no man, by the way. Right. When it says carry neither person nor script, that means that those we send out are not worried about finances because the finances are on the road. Go do the work and the finances will be there. So a lot of our people are using finances as a reason to, to not do the work. Now, there's many things that are considered work, brothers and sisters. It's not just teaching. So we have to understand that. There's many things that you can do. Brothers and sisters, you have administration, you have outreach programs, people who go out into the communities, you have evangelism, you have the choir, you have the singers. There's so much work to be done, brothers and sisters. Don't wait on the position. Find out what's not being done and do it, brothers and sisters, because there's so much work to be done. And none of us are working. The majority of our people are not working. We're worried about Donald Trump and all this other stuff. And we're not doing no work, brothers and sisters. We must be a light source, brothers and sisters. As in twos, we send our brothers and our sisters into the community in twos to pass out flyers. That's what we do. To pass out food. It's time for us, not just our church, even for those listening who are in an area where there is no gathering. The work needs to be done, brothers and sisters. Find out what you can do for this work. Find out what you can do. Because like he said, there's much work and no laborers, brothers and sisters. There's much work for each and every person to do. Each person have a different gift, a different talent. Some people write poetry and that's their gift to the Most High God. And that will bring people into the church through their poetry. Some people have a glorious voice and that will be used the same way it was used in the church to bring people to the truth. So there's many different gifts. We must pray to the Most High, find out what our gift is, what our talent is, and then utilize that to do the work, to reap the harvest, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? <clears throat> Verse 3. Go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lamb amongst wolves. Carry neither purse nor scrip, nor shoes, and salute no man, by the way. And into whatsoever house ye enter, first say, Peace be to this house. Jump to verse 7, brother, please. Verse 7. And in the same house remain, eating and drinking such things as, as they give. For the laborer is worthy of his hire. Read that part again, brother. For the laborer is worthy of his hire. A workman is worth his hire, which means don't let finances to say, well, I'm not going to go into another country to teach until I get money saved up. No, you go now. And somebody going to provide it for you because why? You're doing the work. So somebody will say, listen, brother, we're going to allow you to move on this property, you know, that we have in the back. 
We just need you to teach us. We just need you to show us who we are. We just need this. So he's saying, don't use that as an excuse. Because many people say, well, as soon as I save up 20 grand, uh, then I'll go to Brazil and do the work. No. Go and do the work. And the person that's going to provide for you is already there. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 7. And in the same house remain, eating and drinking such, such things as they give. See, so people will feed you. For the laborer is worthy of his hire. So those sent out, brothers and sisters, should let those others support them while they're doing their, their work's mission. While you're doing the mission, the Most High already has somebody there willing for you to provide for you, to give you a place to stay, for to give you the food. If you do the work, you will be paid, brothers and sisters. That's what the Bible is telling you to do. Don't try to say, when I get this or when I get that, because chances are you're never going to get that. Are you going to allow that to stop you? You must go. The Most High already had the people there waiting on it, and we're going to prove that. We're going to John 4 and 35. Actually, read that one more time before we move on. Verse 7. And in the same house remain, eating and drinking such things as they give. For the laborer is worthy of his hire. Go not from house to house. I can personally attest to this. P people have given me a home to live in, food to eat, based on me just teaching their family. And now I had, I didn't, this was before I even knew this scripture existed, brothers and sisters. But this truth is so important and people need it that when you're delivering truth, they will provide for you, brothers and sisters. Why? Because you're providing something for them. Don't look at and say, well, I just need to, you know, I just need to finish school so I can get this degree and then I can do that. No, you're not called to do the work because you're making up excuses. You're making up excuses and you're using finances as an excuse not to go and do the work out on faith. He's telling you, if you do the work, I'll have people just give you stuff. I didn't have people just give me stuff. I didn't even ask for it. I had a brother give me a laptop that I could use for the work. I didn't even ask this brother. This brother just gave it to me. The Most High is telling you, if you do the work, I will have people provide things for you that you can't pay for yourself. Just do the work, brothers and sisters. And there's many ways to do the work. We must use the Bible, utilize the Bible to find out which way... My talent can be used best and most effectively, most efficiently, brothers and sisters. Each person have a different talent that can be utilized to unify Christ's body. We're going to go to John 4 and 35. Because many people make excuses and say, well, I just need to get this right. Well, I just need to get that right. Let's see. Chapter, uh, John chapter 4, verse 35, brothers and sisters. John 4 and 35. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your ears, and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. L read that one more time from the top, brother. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, Lift up your ear, your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. See? So the harvest is already ready, brothers and sisters. People will say, well, yeah, just next year, you know, I need to get some things right. You know, I just need to get this right. It'll be there. It'll be there. He's telling you, look, it's already ready for you. 
when the corn and the harvest, when these things are ready to be reaped, when you look at it, brothers and sisters, it looks like it's white. That lets you know that it's ready to be harvested. So there's a great harvest of lost people, brothers and sisters. Our spiritual duty is to harvest those souls. So the harvest is ready, are you? Read it again, brother, please. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Right. So don't allow the cares of this world to hinder your work, brothers and sisters, to hinder your evangelism, to go out into the community. There's nothing stopping you from going out into the community right now, right into the ghettos, right into downtown areas and talking to our people. There's nothing stopping you. Now, you may not be able to do it in a way that how we're doing it, you know, on a weekly basis. But nevertheless, are you going to use that as an excuse to not even go? Because you can go to these people and talk to them about the Sabbath. Talk to them about the dangers of vaccinations. Talk to them about who they are. And then they may go look into it somewhere and find out exactly what you were saying was true. So there's no excuse, brothers and sisters. It's time. The harvest is ready. Are you ready? It's time to get ready, brothers and sisters. We in Jacob's trouble. I had a brother call me this week and tell me about families being separated at the borders, at, at the walls, thrown in jail, separated, brothers and sisters. We have our people coming into this country being separated from their families. Why? Because they're not following the instruction of the Most High. The Most High didn't say come to this country. Here it is, we trying to get out, and you got other people from Hispanic countries trying to get in, being separated from their families, being destroyed. It's upon us to go to our people and tell them what the dangers are here in Babylon. What the responsibility is of our people to come back to the most high God or be utterly wasted, be destroyed. The harvest is ready, brothers and sisters. It's time that we get ready. It's time to strap up your boots. It's time, brothers and sisters. No more lollygagging, no more clubs, no more bars, no more drugs. It's time, brothers and sisters. Our people need you. Our people need us, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Mark. 8 and 35. We cannot allow the cares of the world to hinder us, brothers and sisters. Why? Because the harvest is ready now. The harvest is ready now. And if you're not willing to do it now, then that's fine too. The Most High have many of us. He said, I can raise up stones to be the children of Abraham. The Most High can raise up a rock to do this work if we won't do it, brothers and sisters. If there's a lot of excuses on why you can't do it, well, I, I just don't have this, or I just don't have that. Okay, well, hey, that's fine. That is fine. Uh, verse 35, brother, please. Mark 8 and 35. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Read that again, brother. For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. For whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel's, the same shall save it. See, so self-help is no help at all, brothers and sisters. Self-sacrifice is the way to experience the true fullness of life. Because many people say, well, you know, I just want to have a little fun, man. I want to take my family out on vacation. I, can I do that? Yeah, you can do that. But you're not doing the work, though. Because what you care about is, is going on vacation. What you care about is, well, yeah, I just need to get my business off the ground. Listen, oh, that's fine. We're not, listen, we're not saying this, nothing, we're not saying anything wrong with that. 
We're not saying there's anything wrong with that. Well, I just need to get this degree first. Okay, fine. That is fine. If you don't want to do the work, that is fine. Because the Most High will raise somebody else up to do it. Either you're going to make excuses or you're going to work, brothers and sisters. And it first starts with us getting ourselves right. We have to get ourselves right. We have to study. We have to exemplify something that people would actually want to deal with, brothers and sisters. So that's the first step is to get ourselves right. Because you can't get anybody together until you get yourself together, brothers and sisters. You must first get yourself together before you go. Read it again, brother. Verse 35. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Right. So we must not indulge in the ease of the body, brothers and sisters, in attempts to earn the world's approval. In attempts to earn the world's approval, you lose true nirvana of life. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? See? So it's a call, excuse me, it's a call to crucify, crucify our self-centered impulses, brothers and sisters, of human nature. Subordinating our clamoring ego. Let's not worry about us and what we want and what we think a good life is because the TV told us that's what a good life is. Well, I just want to be Harvard educated with a business and a three car garage to be able to take my family on vacation, have a hundred grand in the bank. Listen, that's fine. That's not real life. That's TV. <laughs> that's TV, brothers and sisters. If you try to save your life, you're actually going to lose it. The only way to experience true life is to utilize your life as a sacrifice, a living sacrifice like Romans 12 and 1 says, brothers and sisters. Can you read that from the top, brother? Verse 35. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. So don't be consumed by the cares and anxieties of this physical life, brothers and sisters. Christ condemns people for their desires of the world. And we're going to prove that, brothers and sisters. We're going to 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. 1 John. Follow us, brothers and sisters, please. 1 John 2, verse 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Right. For the love of the world pushes out the love of the Most High God. And the love for God pushes out the love of the world, brothers and sisters. Some of us want to chase that. Well, I'm young. YOLO. I'll only be able to do this once. Read it one more time, brother. Verse 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. So the love of the world cannot coexist with the love of the Most High or the love for the Most High, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. This includes one's hopes, dreams, aspirations, traditions, and relationships, brothers and sisters. All of these have come from this world. If you love those things, you're not enlisted in his army. Because you have, you have different focus. Your focus is different. And that's okay. Can you read that one more time? Verse 15. Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Right. So pursue our victory by overcoming this world, by refusing to be conformed to the patterns of 
this fallen world, brothers and sisters. That's what we must do. The harvest is plenty. The laborers are few. Because everybody want to worry about them. I just need to make sure I got every Michael Jordan shoe. Just to make sure, you know, just need to make sure I get this, this contract, basketball, rap contract, singing contract. I just need to make sure I get my mama a house. Listen, all that's fine. All that's fine. But what's more important, doing the work for our people, trying to liberate our people through you being an example or getting your mama a house? Because if that's, if getting your mama a house is more important, then you're not in this army. You're not a prisoner of the Lord. Because a prisoner of the Lord don't have to say, well, yeah, yeah, I can't pick that cotton today. I actually got to go cut my mama's grass. Okay. You're going to be swung off a tree. That's what's going to happen. We're prisoners of the Lord. We have no choice, brothers and sisters. What choice do we have? We were headed to eternal damnation, fire and brimstone, brothers and sisters. He's giving, he's called you to wake up. Many of our people don't even know who they are. They're walking around thinking that they thugs and gangsters. No, no, no. You're not a thug and a gangster. You're just another lost brother. That's who you are. Our people are walking around like they got it figured out, like they got it made. You're not a tough guy. You're lost. That's what you are, brother. You're not a gangbanger. You're lost. That's what you are. It's our job, brothers and sisters, to find out how we can exemplify love, brothers and sisters, and humility, so we can be elevated to the position in which the Most High will utilize us and our gifts. Everybody have a different gift, brothers and sisters. Everybody has a different gift. And you can utilize that gift. And if you're not sure how to utilize that gift that you have, you pray to the Most High God. You go study your word. And the Most High will say, okay, this is your gift, sister. This is your gift. You have, you have a tremendous gift on identifying with people. I need you to go out into these communities and talk to your people. Or we tell our sisters, listen, we got sisters who are not working. All right, sister. Well, listen, this is what we're going to do. We're going to set your house up so we can have a daycare center, sister. Because there's a lot of sisters coming into the truth, single sisters with children. And since you're not working, we're going to use your house as a daycare center, sister. See? So it's already within you, brothers and sisters. We have to, have to utilize it. Because guess what? If you don't utilize your gift, the white man will. He, he will use your gift. Now go run basketball. <laughs> we'll give you enough information, you know, learning to shoot a hoop. But you'll never be an owner of a team. When they drafting players, they sizing you up. When you're looking for that scholarship, did you call somebody to, to say you wanted a scholarship? Or were they just there? Did they just show up to see you play sports, right? So they're going to utilize your gift and they're going to make money off of it. If you don't utilize it, they will. So you have to find out your talent, brothers and sisters. Prove yourself to the Most High and ask Him to give you direction on how to utilize it, brothers and sisters. Each person has a gift that will be one part of a body. You have a pinky. That pinky seems small to the naked eye, but without that pinky, you can't grasp anything. So the hand needs the foot. The foot needs the eye. The eye needs the eyebrow. So no matter how small you think the part is, the body don't function correctly unless everybody's, if, unless everybody's doing their part. We all must find your role and excel at that and find out how great you can truly become. 
Find out what your role is and excel at that, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. Prisoners of the Lord. That's who we are. That's who we are, brothers and sisters. We have no choice. Matthew 4 and 17. From that time, Christ began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Christ, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brethren. Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And they what? Straightway left their nets and followed him. So you must be ready to fulfill your calling immediately. Pick up the phone. And when you pick up the phone, it's time to drop everything. Not say, well, I'm going to come back to it. These brothers dropped everything. Now, if you was a fisher, you had money back then. So that means they had to go explain to their families, their wives probably. You know, look, the money going to be slowed up here. <laughs> okay. So like, why? I'm, I'm going to be following him. <laughs> That's faith, brothers and sisters. Drop your net and let's, let's work. You have, if you can't answer the call, he'll call somebody else, brothers and sisters. So I don't want to put the pressure on you like, if you don't do it, it won't get done. If you don't do it, you don't do it. And that's fine, too, because the Most High Prophecy going to get done anyway. There's plenty of brothers and sisters out there who are willing to drop everything right now and not put it off to after you get a degree or after you win the lotto or whatever. Whatever excuses people be making up, brothers and sisters. These brothers dropped it immediately. Can you read that again, brother? <clears throat> Verse 19. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. Right, so you must be ready to walk away from the cares of this world, brothers and sisters. Willing to drop the worldly pursuit of pleasure that surrounds you. You must be willing to do that in order to be a prisoner of the Most High. In order to be enlisted in his army, brothers and sisters. And listen, this is the cost of discipleship, brothers and sisters. You must weigh the cost. Because I'm going to tell you this. Once you start the work, it don't stop. It does not ever stop. So before you start, make sure you, you're ready and you're spiritually trained. Because there is no day off, brothers and sisters. You can't pick it up and then put it down. If you start this work, you better be willing to walk away from everything and be committed. This must be the highest order. Nothing else is more important than this. Not school, not a relationship, not a wife, not a husband, not children, not anything. This does not stop. So once it starts, brothers and sisters, it's like an avalanche coming downhill. There's no way to stop it brothers and sisters. So what we must do is weigh the cost of discipleship. Am I willing to do this? Am I willing to do this? You don't start a project without first getting an estimate of how much it's going to cost you, brothers and sisters. No person builds a house without first finding out an estimate of how much it's going to cost to actually build that house, brothers and sisters. So we have to go into this first because the laborers are few. The work is many. The laborers are scarce though, brothers and sisters. So we needed to go into this because we're prisoners of the Lord. We are slaves for Christ. We have no choice in the matter. We have no right after we've been bought with a price. Once you're bought, you're state property. You're property, brothers and sisters. The same way the white man used to call us. You're property. You do what I say, do. 
So we, we've done it before. It's time to do it again. This time for our true master, the most high God, a prisoner, brothers and sisters, with no say so, totally dependent on the most high, totally dependent, allow him to provide. As he said, if you do the work, I'll have them just give to you. I'll just have them give to you. Because a lot of people out there who have it to give. They're already spending it on Rolex watches, two, three cars. You think they don't have it to give to you? They have it to give to you. But you have to do the work. You have to do the work, brothers and sisters. You have to find out what your talent is. You must find out what the Most High wants you to do in order to be utilized. And you must do it, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, brothers and sisters. 1 Peter 3 and 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you, with meekness and fear. So first we should set aside our hearts, brothers and sisters, as the place where Christ is fully honored as Lord. Read that one more time, brother, please. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to and, every man. And do what? Be ready to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So not everyone is called to preach the gospel publicly, brothers and sisters. But every believer should be ready when the opportunity presents itself. And not walk away from it for any reason at all. When he sends you somebody, you must do it. Or he'll stop sending it to you. Mm -hmm. The best ability is availability. And if you can't be available, then hey, we'll find somebody who will be. That's it. You may not have it to do it on a weekly basis or every Sabbath. Doesn't matter. When he sends you one person, no matter how old or young they are, or how foolish they may sound or look, that's your opportunity to prove yourself. Read it again, brother, please. Verse 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with the meekness and fear. Why? Because Peter anticipates that people will become curious, brothers and sisters. So we should be able to defend our belief with meekness in the fear of the Most High God, brothers and sisters. We must be prepared to give our defense at all times. You never know when it's coming. You never know when he's sending somebody to you. And before he's going to send you a hundred people, he's going to send you one and see what you do with that. Because you definitely can't take on a hundred if you can't deal with one. A lot of our people just want to go straight to having a church like Joe Osteen. It's not going to happen like that. That would be irresponsible and neglectful of the Most High to send you a thousand people when you have improved yourself with one, brothers and sisters. So there will come times, maybe in your private, it may be a family member, maybe your mom, maybe a cousin, maybe a co-worker. Are you going to take the time to be ready at all times? In order to be ready, read it one more time, brother. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to be every ready, man. Be ready always. How can you be ready? Study. Not just waiting around. You have to study. That's the only way to be ready. Preparation, brothers and sisters. You don't just go to the NBA. You practice to get to the NBA. They go to AAU, high school, 
uh, summer league, all of this. These players didn't just make it to the major leagues by showing up to the draft, brothers and sisters. In order to be ready, you must be st- you must be students. You must be a student, brothers and sisters. That's how. Because why would he send you somebody and you're not prepared for the questions that they're going to ask? And you never know what questions they're going to ask, which means you have to make your study broad, brothers and sisters. You must make your study broad. When I started, I went into all the things that I knew a person may ask me coming from the Christian church. Everything. Everything that a Christian may ask me, I studied it. Because I was studying for my family. Anything that they asked me. Because they will become curious when they look at you and see that you're doing things differently. They're going to come and ask. And you must be prepared to defend it. Because you may not ever get another opportunity with them. You may never, if you're celebrating a holy day or the Passover or, or whatever you're doing, the Sabbath. You have to be able to prove why you're doing it. Because if you can't, there's a, lot, there's a great chance that you will never get another opportunity with that person. Because why would I come to you again and you weren't ready the first time I came to you? Availability, brothers and sisters, is the best ability. Go to uh, Acts, brother, 18 and 10. Going to the Acts of the Apostles, brothers and sisters, please follow us. Prisoners of the Lord. Acts 18, verse 10. For I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee. For I have much people in this city. For what? I have much people in this city. See, so the harvest is there waiting to be reaped, brothers and sisters. Ripe and ready. This harvest is less dependent on your techniques, but more on God's sovereign purpose. So he had people prepared, already waiting for somebody to bring it to him, brothers and sisters. Not just in America, all over. In Argentina, in Australia, in Costa Rica, in Panama, in Brazil. There's people waiting right now. There's people waiting right now. Read it again, brother, please. Verse 10. For I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city. Right. So the harvest is less dependent on our techniques, but more on what God's purpose is. His purpose is that we awaken. Which means he has people there ready to be awakened. The Most High has planned a harvest and he calls us to get involved as reapers, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 10. For I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee. For I have much people in this city. I have much people in this city. So we practically deny the truth of Christ's words whenever we think, uh, well, he wouldn't want to hear about Christ or she would be offended if I talked to her about these spiritual things. No, they're prepared for you. That's Satan telling you, nah, they, they don't say that to them. They ain't ready. They're not ready. Nah, they may cut me off. They may not want to be my friend anymore. The people are ready, brothers and sisters. Don't allow Satan to get you to trick yourself into believing that they're not waiting for you. Because they are. Read it one more time, brother. For I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt to hurt thee. For I have much people in this city. Right. So a lot of our people are ashamed <clears throat> to say certain things, or to stand out, or to be separated. Well, I don't want to look like a Christian, or they may think I'm soft because I believe in the Bible, or they may make fun of me and talk about me behind my back. 
All the excuses that Satan brings to our mind. Mark 8 and 38 is the answer, brothers and sisters. He said, I have many people in the city, which means he already had people waiting there, ready to receive it. Mark 8 and 38. Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me. Read that again. Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him also shall the son of man be ashamed. So being ashamed before the father will result in a person's loss of salvation. Read that one more time, brother, please. Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him also shall the son of man be ashamed. When he cometh in the glory of his father with the, with the holy angels. Right. So to be ashamed of him and his cause to be ashamed of God, brothers and sisters. Therefore, Christ will repay that favor on the last day. If you are ashamed, brothers and sisters, then listen. Christ will repay that shame because he'll be ashamed of you before the father on that day. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 38. Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him also shall the son of man be ashamed. Right. So the conduct of men towards Christ now determines Christ's conduct towards them. That's what this is saying, brothers and sisters. Those who impenitently are ashamed of him in the world are those whom he has never known because you're ashamed of him. So now, don't hey, I don't know you. When that day comes, I don't know you because you don't know me because you're ashamed. We dare not be ashamed of Christ, even in the face of ridicule, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Matthew 10 and 14. The harvest is ready, brothers and sisters. We must do what it takes to get ready ourselves. Matthew 10 and 14. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Verily I say unto you. Read, read 14 one more time, brother. And whosoever shall, shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. There's a song, uh, a hip-hop song from back in the day, will dust your shoulders off. Listen, if they reject you, you just dust your shoulders off and keep going. A lot of us are scared to be rejected. So we don't even try, brothers and sisters. We're scared to fail. So the best way not to fail is not to try. I can't fail if I don't try. Read it one more time, brother. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. So don't be discouraged, brothers and sisters. Rejection is part of the work. As long as it's not because of your zealousness. Because some people will reject it based on how zealous you are. And your unskillfulness with delivering. As long as that's not the reason, you must be prepared for resistance and rejection. If you're a prisoner of the Lord, brothers and sisters. Because why? It's not about you. It's not about you looking good. It's not about you not being rejected. It's not about you having a 100% efficiency rating. It's not about that. It's about lost souls, brothers and sisters. That's what it's about. It's about lost souls. That's what's most important, not how people view you, not if people like you. If somebody rejects you, you shake the dust off your feet, brothers and sisters. You brush the dirt off your shoulders and you keep going. Why? Luke 10 and 16 tells us why. 
Luke 10 and 16, brothers and sisters. Luke 10 and 16. He that heareth you, heareth me. Read that again, brother. He that heareth you, heareth me. See, so here our Savior, the Hamashiach, the Messiah, encourages his ministers to faithfulness. He that heareth you, heareth me. And he that despiseth you, despiseth me. And he that despiseth me, despiseth him that sent me. Right. So the Most High is reassuring us that hearing you is like hearing him. That's how he views it, brothers and sisters. And those who despise you will be reckoned as despisers of the Most High in Christ also. So remember, our message is not about ourselves, brothers and sisters. We're proclaiming Christ, the Master. He's our master, brothers and sisters. All we are is messengers, errand runners for Christ. That's all we are. This is Christ's work. If you reject that, that's not, that's not a reflection on me. That's the mindset we must have, brothers and sisters. It can't be for our zealousness, though. It can't be because of our, our conduct or our zealousness in delivering the word. As long as it's not that, brothers and sisters, you don't have to worry about being rejected. Because it's not them rejecting you. You didn't come up with this. The words were in the book. You go to any country and find a King James Version Bible, the words are the same, brothers and sisters. This is not a Bible that you all just printed up and made yourself. This already existed, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 16. He that heareth you, heareth me. And he that despises you, despises me. And he that despises me, despises him that sent me. See? So that's how it's to be viewed, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Psalms 96 and 16. Excuse me, 94 and 16. Psalms, we're going to the Old Testament, brothers and sisters. 94 and 16. Psalms 94 and 16. Who will rise up for me against the evil doer? Read that again, brother. Who will rise up for me against the evildoers? And who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? See? So who, who's willing to stand, brothers and sisters? Many of us are ready to work. Many of us are ready to work. But we don't have the direction yet, brothers and sisters. So many of us will stand. Many Israelites are ready, just don't have the direction yet. Now, direction is more important than speed, brothers and sisters. Know that. Direction is more important than speed. Many men will arise. If it's not you, it'll be somebody else. Many will arise. They just don't have the direction yet. They don't know how to channel it yet. This is the answer. Romans chapter 12, verse 6, brothers and sisters. Follow us, please, to the epistles. Romans chapter 12, verse 6. For those of us who are willing to work, but don't have the service yet or the duty. Romans 12 and 6. Having been gifts, deferring according to the grace that is given to us. See, having gifts, that means there's different gifts, brothers and sisters. Everybody's not going to be a person who prophesies and breaks down prophecy. Everybody's not going to have the gift of singing. Everybody's not going to have the gift of playing 20 different instruments. Everybody's gift is different. Read it again, brother. Having been gifts, Deferring according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith or ministry. Let us wait on our ministry. L read that again. Or ministry. 
Let us wait on our ministry. If you don't have the doc, if you don't have the direction, wait on your ministry. This is what he's telling you. Wait on your ministry. Don't force it. Let him bring you your ministry, brothers and sisters. Because a lot of us want to just we ready to work. We ready. He said, listen, he said the labor, he said he need laborers. Let's go. He's like, hold on now, pump your brakes. Wait on your ministry. Wait on me to tell you what to do. Wait. Read it again, brother. Verse 7. Read verse, for, yeah, 6, please. Verse 6. Having then gifts, deferring according to the grace that is given to us, with the prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith or ministry. Let us wait on our ministry. Or he that teacheth on teaching. See, so if teaching is the, what you aspire to be, that's what the Most High have to do. Wait on that until he bring it to you. Some people just make their own ministry. I never, ever went out and say, oh, yeah, let me teach you. The Most High was sending people to me because he knew I was prepared. If he haven't sent you anybody yet, it's because you're not prepared and he know it. So once you're prepared, he will send you what to do, brothers and sisters. Wait on your ministry. Waiting on your ministry is hard, brothers and sisters, and we know. But in those very circumstances, you will find plenty of of occasions for service while you're waiting on your ministry there will be plenty of occasions for service brothers and sisters and in order to be most effective and efficient you must wait on your <coughs> ministry brothers and sisters it's the only way you must wait you must find your purpose first and while you're waiting so what should I do should I just sit back in the house play Xbox smoke splits and reefers until then is that, is that how I wait on my ministry? No, that's not how you wait on your ministry. Go to 2 Timothy 2 and 15, brother. This is how you wait on your ministry. Second Timothy 2 and 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God. Read it again, brother. Study to show thyself approved unto God. See, this is how you wait on your ministry. This is how you wait on your ministry by studying. Because once you study, he can send people to you because he know you prepared already. I always encourage young brothers, precept books, precept books. Get together your precept books, brothers and sisters. I encourage young brothers that's waiting on their ministry. This is how you wait on your ministry. You must have a precept book. Get a book. Break it down into each topic. Sunday worship. Unclean foods, 12 tribes, healing, prophecy. Get together your book, brothers and sisters, because it's so much information, you ain't going to be able to remember it all. So this is how you wait on your ministry. Read it again, brother. Verse 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. See, so a person eager to serve the Most High often finds himself hindered from going into full-time service. So let us be occupied doing this, brothers and sisters. Be diligent to present ourselves approved to the Most High God as workmen. This begins with what? Daily dedication. <clears throat> Daily dedication. You can't skip a day. You must study each and every day. And if you can't do that, then you still ain't ready. You're going to continue to wait on your ministry. Because it's not serious enough for you to study Every day, every single day. 
If you can't do that, then wait on your ministry. Even if it's not teaching, it may not be teaching. It may be singing. You have to practice your singing every single day. Why? Because you represent the Most High God. Whether whether it's okay, I can put on fringes. I, that's my thing. I can when I Israelites need fringes, I can sew on the fringes. You need to work on your craft every day. Read it again, brother, please. Study to show thyself approved unto God. Now this begins with daily dedication. A workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. While we're waiting on our ministry, we must study, brothers and sisters. Why? <laughs> because the Most High God is very interested in training. Training is a specialized aspect of discipleship, brothers and sisters. Because why? An untrained heart will eventually lead to Great disappointment, brothers and sisters. So this is how you wait on your ministry. You study to show yourself approved, not to me, not to Brother Corey, but to the Most High God. Only the Most High God can bring you the people that he needs you to touch. And he's not going to bring you people if you can't be daily dedicated. Because if it's important to you enough, you study every single day. Knowing that there's a harvest out there that needs to be reaped. Our people are being destroyed. Our people are being poisoned, killed, joining gangs, swinging up and down poles. So our people need somebody to help. And the only people that can help is people that's going to be devoted, people that's going to be committed. We're going to go to 2 Timothy 3 and 16. 2 Timothy 3 and 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Read it again, brother. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. See, this is why you must study. This is exactly why you must study. Because it's profitable for doctrine. You need to know the doctrine. You need reproof and correction. So when you're doing something wrong, you have to know that and correct it. This is what's going on while you're waiting for your ministry, brothers and sisters. This is why you're studying, brothers and sisters. Not for you to correct somebody else. For you to correct yourself. You must correct yourself before you can go out and run, brothers and sisters. So while you're waiting on your ministry, this is what you're doing. You're studying to show thyself approved. And why are you studying? Read it again, brother. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it, it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. For instruction and righteousness. See, for the instruction. Your instruction is actually here. That's why you got to study. So you can reprove yourself, correct yourself. Not to go out and tell other people what to do. No. It's for you to study, get yourself right. To know, oh, okay, I need to actually, I need to chill off on that. I need to pump my brakes on that. Because if I aspire to be in the choir of the Most High, Will be administration for the Most High, or reader for the Most High, or the outreach program of the Most High. I got to make sure I correct myself. This is why we must study. Read it again, brother. Verse sixteen: All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. See. So you must first deal with daily dedication, brothers and sisters. You must first 
prove your commitment to the Most High God. You cannot get into the fight until you're spiritually trained. Where do you get trained at? Daily dedication, brothers and sisters. To be a prisoner. The harvest is plenty. The labor is a few. Why? Because people don't want to study. People got all this other stuff they want to do. And then they want to, oh, I want to go sing, though. You're not even practicing your craft. Yeah, but I sound good in the shower, though. If if you if you deal with, like, we had a sister in the church who wanted to aspire to be a nurse. So she studied holistic, homeopathic things as it pertains to the herbs. So that's what she studied. So when we come in and we're dealing with a child that's vaccine damaged or a child that has autism, she can go right to the herbs. We have brothers that do the same thing and say, okay, well, sister, uh, you know, when you have the flu, this is what you, you know, this is what you need to take. Right here. This is what you need to do. You need to withstand from this right here. Right? See? So you must train yourself, brothers and sisters. You cannot get into the fight until you're trained. So this takes self-reflection and self-application, brothers and sisters. That's what it takes. Go to Hebrews 5 and 12, brother. To show you the importance of the studying. Hebrews 5 and 12. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk, and not a strong meat. Right. So a lot of us are ready to run. He said, who will stand up in the face of wickedness? A lot of us will stand up. That's good. Now you have to do what it takes to get enlisted, to get in the game. Read it again, brother. Verse 12, for when, for when for the time that ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk, and not of strong meat. So we have to relearn again, brothers and sisters, not with the hard stuff, just go from the milk. I had to do it. I had been in the church my whole life. I thought I had it. The most I like, you don't know nothing at all. <laughs> You need to start all the way over. You don't even know what day to go to church. This is what it takes, brothers and sisters. We cannot be negligent in our devotion of daily study. And anyone who be believes contrary to this passage has an overinflated view of themselves. Well, yeah, I, I already know it. I've, I've studied it already. I don't need to go back and learn. Okay. Wait on your ministry then. Why he ain't sending you nobody? Because a lot of us think that. Well, no, I know it already. I got a PhD. I got a master's degree. You know, I've been in Christian church since I was two, two, two months. The Bible is telling you we must learn again and not the harsh, not the. You don't need to break down revelations. That's not what he's talking about. The milk, the sincere milk, the easy parts, brothers and sisters. Because why? The most people, most of the people that are going to come into the truth are coming directly out of the Christian church, brothers and sisters. That's why. So anyone who's in opposition to what this is saying is spoiled. And what does that mean? If you're spoiled, you're no good to the Most High, because you have an overinflated view of yourself. Read it again, brother. <clears throat> Verse uh, twelve. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers. You have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk, 
and not of strong meat. Now, why is it saying that we have to be taught again? Because he's trying to humble us. He's looking to humble us, brothers and sisters. In order to be humbled, you have to go back and say, I don't know anything. At one time, I thought, before I even knew who I was, I thought I knew everything, brothers and sisters. Come to find out, I didn't know anything at all. He's like, you need to sit your behind down and learn again. That's where the humility come in, brothers and sisters. We must do it. We must start from the beginning. <coughs> we must not take shortcuts, brothers and sisters. We must start from the beginning. We must learn it again. No matter what you think you know, how long you've been doing it, doesn't matter if your beard is touching the floor. Doesn't matter if you got fringes coming out of your nose. Read it one more time before we move on, brother. For when, for when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Right. So this we must do first, brothers and sisters. And if anybody don't agree with this, then this next scripture will help you out with that. If you think, well, I know it already. I, I don't need to go back and study. I got it. I already know. I watched a thousand YouTube videos. I'm good. I'm a scholar now. I'm a YouTube scholar. Now. I'm a Wikipedia scholar now. Okay. Well, 1 Corinthians 8 and 2. Because this is rigorous, brothers and sisters. Because he's weeding out those who are not willing to be devoted. 1 Corinthians 8 and 2. And if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing yet as he ought to know. Read it again, brother. And if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing yet as he ought to know. See? So those who think they got it already, you don't know nothing. And you're proving it. Because you don't have humility. Whoever has an opinion of himself or is conceited with his own knowledge hasn't yet illustrated the spiritual maturation to be enlisted in this battle. Why is it saying this? Read it again, brother. Verse 2. And if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing yet as he ought to know. Now, why is it saying this? Because the more you learn, the more humble you're supposed to become. Why? Because the more you learn, you realize how much more you got to learn, how much more you don't know. So anybody's claiming they know it already, you, you obviously don't know because you're not humble. <laughs> you think you know it already. The more I learned, brothers and sisters, the more humble I became because I'm like, wow, there's so much out there. I still got learning to do. And if you're not in that spirit, then read it again, brother. And if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing yet as he ought to know. See? So those of us who say, well, I don't need to study. I studied it already. I, I went to Kansas State. I went to Duke University. I got a degree in philosophy. You don't know nothing. The Bible is telling you that. Why? Because he's looking for you to humble yourself, even if you do know it. The fact that you won't go back and you think you know it is showing you have no humility. And that's really what it's about. It's the humility that he's looking for. It's the humility that he's looking for. You may already have it, but if you're not willing to go back on it, that means you're puffed up and you think you know something, which really showing that you're a fool. You don't know anything. Because the first thing you're supposed to exemplify is humility. Go to Psalms 147 and 6, brother. It's rigorous, brothers and sisters. Some people may not like it. 
Some people are not willing to put in the work. But the most high's people are worth you putting in the work. Our people are suffering, brothers and sisters. And you have to put in the work to be able to help them. The harvest. Whether it's your singing. Because I, I was in church, in Christian church, where people came just for the choir. They, as soon as the choir, they would sing for an hour and you would see the doors swinging open. People leaving right after that. So if that's what your calling is, that's what your gift is, you must perfect that. You must deal with that every single day. No matter what it is, if you, you want to play organ for the church, the violin, you got to practice that every single day. You must study it every single day. Every day. While you're waiting on what he wants you to do, brothers and sisters. Because especially when you're dealing with Israelites, music speaks to our people, brothers and sisters. Music is one of the most powerful tools. Why? Because the vibrations... Vibration speaks to your subconscious, brothers and sisters. It speaks to your subconscious. Music has always... David was a musician, brothers and sisters. He used to just play the harp on the Sabbath and sing songs. You must work on your craft every single day. Even if it's not teaching. Every day to prove to the Most High that you're devoted and you're committed. And if you're not willing to do that, then you don't have the humility yet. You haven't matured yet. Uh, read verse 6, brother. Psalms 147, verse 6. The Lord lifted up the meat. Read it again, brother. The Lord lifted up the meat. See? So once you demonstrate humility, once you personify meekness, then you'll be exalted. See? So that's what it was about the whole time. You didn't know that, though, did you? You just, I know it already. I got it. I, I've been playing the violin for 20 years. <laughs> See? That's not what he was trying to show you. He was trying to show you that you needed to humble yourself, recognize you know nothing, and then I'll elevate you. Read it again, brother. The Lord lifted up the meek. He cast it down the wicked read to that, the ground. Read that one more time, brother. The Lord lifted up the meek. He casteth the wicked down to the ground. See, so divine exaltation is a result of self-abasement, brothers and sisters. The quality of humility emanates out of a proper assessment of ourselves before the Most High God, brothers and sisters. That's when the exaltation comes. That's when he elevates you and say, okay, now you're the choir director. Now you're over this part. Or now you're over the deacons. Now you're over the outreach program. Once you humble yourself, the Most High will make sure you receive recognition at the proper time. Read it again, brother. Verse 6. The Lord lifted up the meek. He casteth the wicked down to the ground. Sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. We're going we're gonna to go uh, to Proverbs 15 and 33. We're going to round it up here soon. Prisoners of the Most High God, brothers and sisters. Proverbs 15 and 33. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. Read that again, brother. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And before honor is humility. Read that again. And before honor is humility. Before you're honored, you must exemplify humility. See that? Look at that, brothers and sisters. So you can fool me. You can fool everybody else. But you will not be honored until you exemplify humility. That's why he said, go back and learn again and realize you know nothing. No matter what it's about, whether it's 
the violin or, or, or singing or, or, or anything that you think you know, go back, take your time and do it again. Take your time and do it again in order to exemplify humility, to be able to admit, I have more work to do. Read it again, brother, please. Verse 33, the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And before honor is humility. See, so God exalts the meek and the humble, brothers and sisters. Humility is an essential characteristic of true piety. That's what this is saying. Read that one more time, brother. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And before honor is humility. Right, before honor is humility. So the only time honor comes before humility is in the dictionary, brothers and sisters. That's the only time he's telling you in order you want to be honored, you want people to view you a certain way, humble yourself. That's what it's about, brothers and sisters. Humble yourself or you can't be a prisoner of the Lord. You can't be enlisted in the army. You must deal with self-abasement. You must realize that you're worth nothing. That's what you must realize. Humility, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother Corey, please. Verse 33, the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. Right, so brothers and sisters, we, in order to get enlisted, we must show humility, no matter what our craft is, no matter what our office is, or what we aspire to be, it's going to be the humility that's going to elevate us, whether it's <coughs> singing or dealing with instruments. We got a lot of talented people in the ghettos, brothers and sisters, with a lot of talent. But a lot of times when you're talented, you skip past the, the fundamentals because you're so talented. And you can't skip past the fundamentals in any aspect of representing the most high brothers and sisters. So we wanted to go here to say, even though we believe we know it, we got to go back on it and make sure that we know it. We're going to move forward. We're going to 1 Thessalonians 5 and 21. Going back to the New Testament, please follow us, brothers and sisters. We're going to wrap it up here shortly. <clears throat> First Thessalonians 5 and 21. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Read that one more time, brother. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. So if the Most High is telling us to prove all things, do we believe that he would be negligent in doing the same thing as it pertains to who he will enlist in his army? We, he must prove us first, brothers and sisters. He must prove us in order to be over the choir, in order to be a leader, to teach music, or to do anything, you must prove yourself first, brothers and sisters. You must prove yourself to the Most High God. So these steps that he's telling us is us proving ourselves to be committed, to be dedicated, brothers and sisters, is showing us it's showing us how to prove ourselves to the Most High God. Can you read that one more time, brother? <clears throat> Verse 21. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. So to be inaugurated in this battle, to be a prisoner of the Most High God, the Most High must approve you first. We must be approved first, brothers and sisters. So no matter how long that takes, if you're willing, if, you, if this is what you want to do, brothers and sisters, if you're ready to get into the harvest, Whatever it is that your talent is, you must prove yourself to the Most High first. Not to man, <clears throat> not to Brother Corey or Brother C. Prove yourself to the Most High God. Because if He elevates you, nobody can stop you. Mm -hmm. Nobody. 
We're going to go to 2 Corinthians 6 and 3 to show you why you must prove yourself first. This is why we must prove ourselves, brothers and sisters. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 3. Giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. Read that again, brother. Giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. That the ministry be not blamed. What does that mean? That means that our disagreeable conduct hinders the progress of the work. That's why. So the ministry itself, which Christ has established, would be blamed for the improper conduct of anyone who's engaged in the work, brothers and sisters. I had a brother tell me he's baptized in the church now, but when I first met the brother, he said, I don't deal with all that Bible stuff, man. I'm like, well, why is that? Well, because I had somebody in my life who claimed to be a Christian. He didn't treat me that well. So he started to view the Bible (laughs) with how this person treated him to show you that conduct can be detrimental to the work itself, brothers and sisters. Read it again, please, brother. Verse 3. Giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. Why? Because the ministry will be blamed. The Bible will be blamed based on our shortcomings, brothers and sisters. So there's a high level of scrutinization. Everything is under a magnifying glass and is viewed as tied to the work, brothers and sisters. So he's telling you, you must prove yourself because anything you do that can be viewed in a negative light will be attached to Christ's work. So because of that reason, we must all, all of us, including myself, prove ourselves to the Most High God. Read that one more time, please, brother. Giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. Right. So how you can't be a pastor and then or, or, or a choir director and then have an anger problem or then be a cusser <laughs> because now they're going to believe that <laughs> that cussing that you're doing is coming from the Bible. So that's why I tell young people when they come in and say, well, you should teach a flat earth or you should teach that people have to be a vegetarian. I'm like, oh, I can't do that. Because why? If I do that, they're going to believe it came from the Bible, and it didn't. So we have to be very careful, brothers and sisters. I can't tell somebody they have to be a vegetarian because automatically they're going to think that's coming from the Bible, and it's not. I can't teach that it's a flat earth, whether I I believe it or not, which I don't. But even if I did, if it can't be substantiated through the Bible, I can't bring that forth because the ministry will be blamed for that. Read that one more time, brother. Giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. So let us show you the scrutinization. We're going to 1 Thessalonians 5 and 22. This is the responsibility of anybody that's going to have office or a duty in the harvest, no matter what that duty may be. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 22. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Read it again, please, brother. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Abstain from all appearance of evil, which means anything that we do that has the perception of evil or is viewed as unethical or improper will be associated with the work. That's what this is saying, brothers and sisters. So anything that can even be perceived as evil, you can't do it. Why? Because the ministry will be blamed. So if you're dealing with certain you're dealing with certain issues. If, if, you, if you're having a problem with substance abuse, if you have, 
it, because there's gray areas, brothers and sisters. Some people may say, well, yeah, America says I can smoke weed. Okay, well, listen, it's not illegal, but is everybody going to agree with that? Or are they going to not learn from you because you're smoking weed? You understand, brothers and sisters? You have to withstand from all things that could appear to be evil because why? People are looking for a reason not to follow. And if you give it to them, now you're responsible. So anything, you can't be a drunkard. Why? The Bible says you can have wine. But if you're a drunkard, that can appear to be evil. You're sloppy. You're drunk. You're inebriated. Now the work is going to be blamed. We got a we got a brother who's drunk teaching us the Bible. We got a brother who's drunk leading the choir or being a deacon or being an usher or dealing with the administration. So anything that appears to be evil, and a lot of us are doing things that could appear to be evil. It may not say in the Bible, "Don't do it," but it can be it can appear to be evil, brothers and sisters. And because of that, you must prove yourself. Which means use the Bible to study it, find out things that could even be perceived as against the work and put it down. See, so while we're waiting on our ministry, this is why we're waiting. Because even though something may not be wrong to you, it could be appear, it could appear to be wrong or negligent to somebody else that will hinder the work, brothers and sisters. So these are the things that we're waiting on, brothers and sisters. You can't be, you, you can't have office in the work, you walk around with your pants hanging off your behind. You can't do that because now, hold on now, you got old folks, our grandmamas, uncles and aunties coming in like, hold on, this is the brother that's leading the choir? <laughs> or sister coming in there with her chest pushed to her chin? Like, hold up, hold up here, what is this? See? So you must be if you're willing for the responsibility, you must understand. It's not even just about doing things that's wrong. It's about doing things that it could appear to be wrong. Read it one more time, brother. Verse 22. Abstain from all appearance of evil. We wanted to magnify that, brothers and sisters, because while we're waiting on our ministry, these are the things we have to be working on. These are the things. Because anything you do will be blamed on the work. Because you represent the works. Now, if you represent the work and you're doing this, then that means it must be okay according to the Bible. Straight off. You can't be going to the bar. You can't be going to the club. If I see my choir director at the club, the fact that you're there alone appears to be evil, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time before we move on, brother? First Thessalonians 5 and 22. Abstain from all appearance of evil. And this is why we must prove ourselves to the Most High. Because a lot of us are not willing to do that. And that's okay, brothers and sisters. We This is not something where we want to force everybody to just... No, nah, it's not even about that. But if you if you want to be enlisted, if you're ready to strap up your boots and go reap, then we have to make sure we're studying to show that self-approved and understanding what our perception is, how people perceive certain things, brothers and sisters. If they perceive certain things a certain way, Perception is reality, brothers and sisters. Perception is reality. We're going to go to 1 John 3 and 10. 1 John, not, not, not the gospel, brothers and sisters. 1 John. 1 John 3 and 10. And this, the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. Read that one more time, please, brother. 
In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. So these this these this discipline that we're going over, this structure that we're going over, brothers and sisters, if you're willing to do these things and to, you know, dial it back. You can't live for the world. You can't go certain places. You can't do certain things, brothers and sisters. Then you proving yourself to the most high that listen, I was willing to give up all of everything for the most high, even though I like doing those things. I like doing it. It's not a sin, but it can appear to be a sin to somebody who's unlearned. And because of that, I'm going to stop. This is how you prove yourself to the most high God, brothers and sisters. Now, everybody's not going to be able to drop everything right now, but this is why you're waiting on your ministry because you have time and you know, okay, I need to dial this back. Because these are the reasons why the most I have been giving you the direction. You, you, you know, you have to assess yourself, deal with self-application and self-reflection, brothers and sisters. Because anything you do that appears to be evil will be blamed on the ministry of Christ. And if you, if you turn somebody away from the truth based on somewhere they see you or, or whatever the case may be, now you're in trouble with the most high God. So we must be diligent, brothers and sisters. We must study our craft, whatever that craft may be, brothers and sisters. We must always exemplify in, you know, honesty and righteousness and meekness and humility in order to, to work in this army, brothers and sisters. That's just the simple fact of it. And some people are not willing to do that. Some people are like, well, listen, man, I go to the club and to the bar on Wednesdays. It's not on the Sabbath. I'm like, you're right, brother. You, you're not breaking no laws, but <laughs> I mean... We can't have brothers at the bar. I mean, we just can't, brother. We, we just can't, man. You know, and if you can't give up the bar for your people to do the work for your people, then that's fine, brother or sister. That's fine. You can't be at the club, sister, you know, shaking your tail feather. You, 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 you can't do it, sis. You can't. If you're not willing to give that up, then that's fine. There's other sisters that'll be willing to deal with the administration or deal with, uh, you know, the... The holy foods for the holy days or the, the director for different events. It, somebody else will do it if you're not willing to give it up. So we don't want to pressure somebody to do something they're not ready to do, brothers and sisters. But if you're willing, really, if you're willing and ready, then strap up your boots. Study your craft and strap up your boots. Because the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are scarce, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time before we move on, please, brother. Verse 10, and this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil, whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. Right, so this work must be done out of a pure heart, brothers and sisters, and not for reasons of vanity. Now why are we saying that? We're saying that because some will arise to do this for the sole purpose of reputation and recognition, brothers and sisters. Some people, they just want to sing in the choir so they can get an a, a R&B contract. This happens a lot. A lot of these R&B singers actually started off in the church, brothers and sisters. They just wanted to use that as a platform to be seen. A lot of, this, a, a lot of times, a lot of our people, Whitney Houston and God rest her soul, a lot of our people started off in the church. But used the church as a platform for something else, brothers and sisters, to be seen. 
So this will arise amongst our people, brothers and sisters. There will be people that arise to do this work, whatever part that is, for the sole purpose of reputation and recognition. So everything must be done out of a pure heart, brothers and sisters. Everything. You must be diligent. You must be pure. You must be humble. You must show humility. That's why he said we must go back and learn again. Because he wants us to humble ourselves and make sure we're doing things out of the proper heart. Because once this work starts, it will not stop, brothers and sisters. It will not stop. You must be deal, you must deal with daily dedication, daily devotion to whatever your craft is. Whatever your part is, your role that you excel at, you must be doing it in, for the proper reasons, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you that the Bible shows that our people was doing this for recognition in, the, in times past. We're talking about Israel. We're going to Matthew 6 and 1. Matthew 6 verse 1. Take heed that ye do not your alms before men. Don't do your good works before men. To be seen of them. Otherwise, ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Right. So if we do things to be glorified of men, we will get the glory of men as a reward. But such a reward is temporary, brothers and sisters. The praise of men fades away rather quickly. Read that one more time, brother, please. Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. See? So rather, we should do good works secretly to be seen by the one who sees in secret. That's why, brothers and sisters, not to be recognized as whatever you, you're looking to be recognized for. Because a lot of people, they do that. And the Most High is saying you must prove yourself. Humility comes before the honor, brothers and sisters. So this is why we must prove ourselves, brothers and sisters. This is why. Don't do things to be seen. Do it because it's right and you want to help our people. You want to serve the Most High God. Because to another man, we don't know why you're doing something, but the Most High know. And that's the only thing that matters. While you're waiting on your ministry, these are the things that he's waiting to prove on you. All of us, including myself, brothers and sisters. Including myself. It's just like sometimes police officers. A lot of times police officers were people who were bullied, who had no friends. So the only reason they became a police officer is really to tell people what to do and have authority. Not really because they want to serve and protect. Then, and we all say that in the black community. Yeah, that white boy, you know he was beat up in school. So this happens all the time, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to uh, John 12 and 43 in the gospel. John 12 and 43. For they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. So we must examine our motives. Why? Because many of us have misplaced desire for approval, brothers and sisters. Many are seeking the approval in all the wrong places. So whose approval do we crave? Are we doing something to please the Most High God or to, to, to have the girl down the street recognize us for a singer? Read it one more time, please, brother. For they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. This is why he's saying the humility must come before the honor, brothers and sisters. Because these things exist. Maybe not within our church, but nevertheless they exist because we're reading it right here in the Bible. 
We're going to Matthew 6 and 5. We're going to read 5 through 8, brother, please. Matthew 6, verse 5. And when thou prayest, <clears throat> thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue. Read that one more time, brother. Thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Like you have these Muslims who get a prayer rug, go to the middle of the street, on the corner, and start praying to the east. Listen, brother. <laughs> Just stop, brother. You're trying to prove your, your spirituality to a bunch of... For what? <laughs> Are you doing this to be seen? Because that's what's going on, brothers and sisters. I need to show, you know, I went on a fast for seven months straight. Who are you trying to prove your spirituality to? See, if you're doing that, then obviously your heart is not in the right place. So these are the things that the Most High is trying to prove from us. These are the things. This is why we must study to show ourselves approved and go back and learn again. Not because you don't know it, but because it's showing your form of humility, brothers and sisters. You must, even when you know something, a lot of times I let people teach me things I already know, just to be humble. Just to be humble. I already know everything he's talking about right now, but I'm going to let him teach me anyway. Because can you allow, can you be retaught? Can you be taught something you already know? Or is there too much puffed up hot air in your chest? This is what the Most High is saying. Don't do things to be seen. You have people who, you know, do things strictly to be seen. For their spirituality, brothers and sisters. Can you read that from the top, brother, please? <clears throat> Verse 5. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. So we must be repudiated, brothers and sisters, by vainglory, self ambition and self-exaltation. We, we must be repudiated by that, brothers and sisters. Verse 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to the Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Right. So if our goal in our particular craft is self-exaltation, self if we're driven by ambition instead of love for the glory of the Most High God, then you're considered a fool in the eyes of the Most High God, brothers and sisters. So, once again, the only place honor comes before humility is in the dictionary, brothers and sisters. This is why he's trying to make sure we prove our humility. This is why, brothers and sisters, because these things exist, especially amongst the children of Israel. He's talking about the children of Israel right here, brothers and sisters. So this is why we have to go through all these steps before we're enlisted in the army. When you go to in the army, you go through PT training and a plethora of other uh, things to prove that you're ready to represent the United States of America in their war for their army. And the Most High is not any different. He said prove all things and that's including ourselves. The Most High will prove us, brothers and sisters. He will put you in circumstances and situations that... You're proving yourself. You don't even know it's a test. You're just going on doing your thing. When really it's a test for him to see what, what's going on here. What's the substance of your heart? Uh, read the next scripture, please, brother. Verse 7. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. 
for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. See, so you remember going on holidays, you with your family, and then this one brother, he break out into a prayer that go for 35 minutes trying to show his spirituality. He break out in tongues and some more stuff. You're like, brother, the turkey is getting cold. We don't have time for this, brother. But he need to show his spirituality. Now, we're not saying you can't deal with long prayer. But what we're saying is the heart, it's the intent of the heart, brothers and sisters, because we need prayer warriors. We need prayer warriors within our church. We need to be able to send brothers to say, okay, a sister just moved into a house. Um, she need anointing on her house. We need to be able to send brothers out in twos to go do the anointing. We need brothers and sisters that can deal. We need sisters who, when a sister is dealing with some type of circumstance, that's a feminine circumstance. Listen, we send our sisters, take a Uber, go there, talk to the sister about it, calm her down. I don't want to hear nothing about it. You go do it. But if you're trying to show, well, my relationship is great and this and this is how I got a man. and uh, Stop. Just stop. Because really it's about you again. Once again, all roads lead back to you, which means there's no humility there. Brothers and sisters, so we all must prove ourselves to the Most High God in order to be utilized by the Most High God. If you're unwilling to humble yourself before others and before the Most High God, your success, if you obtain any at all, will be meaningless and empty, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Matthew 23 and 5. The people who dealt with this was usually the Pharisees, the ones who wanted to tell everybody what they're doing is wrong. These are the people who just wanted to be seen. Bible going to prove that. Matthew 23 and 5. But all their works they do for they for to be seen of men. Read that one more time, brother. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their philatheries. Right. So philatry was when they would write down the law in these scrolls and they would have it. And when it's, when somebody broke the law, they would put, they would roll this whole scroll out like, yeah, brother. You broke this law and that law and this law and that. And where's your beard and where's this and where's that? Why? Why were they doing that? Because if they can tell you what you're doing is wrong, then automatically they're over you. Because I can show you what you're doing is wrong. And this is what the Pharisees did, brothers and sisters. So just knowing you're Israel and your heart is not right, you clean the outside of the cup. Read it one more time, brother. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments. So then they would come with these miraculous fringes. Look at my fringes. I got fringes on my arms, on my shoes, on my nose. I got fringes everywhere. Just trying to be seen, brothers and sisters. Yeah, did you see his fringes? Yeah, he looked like he just got off a horse. Yeah. <laughs> see, this is what our people do, brothers and sisters. Our people do this all the time. This is what's going on. So the Most High saying we must prove ourselves. Read that one more time, brother. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments. Yeah, I wear fringes to bed. I, I got a fringe do-rag, brother. Yeah, I wear fringes everywhere, brother. Yeah, yeah, I do that, yeah. He's trying to prove us. He's trying to weed these things out, brothers and sisters, because we may not know anybody like that, but they do exist, brothers and sisters. Trust and believe they do exist. So acts done professedly in the honor of the Most High God should not be animated by self-seeking and ambition, brothers and sisters. Deeds should not be carried out in the spirit of, 
ostentation and vanity. It's what the Most High is saying, brothers and sisters. Because why? Some people never penetrate beyond externalism. Just want, want people to see certain things about them. I just need them to think that I'm deep. I just, I just, you know, just need them to see my fringes. My fringe game is on a hundred. Okay? Need them to see it. Respect the fringe. <laughs> see? This is what's going on, brothers and sisters. And this is why he's saying we must prove ourselves. Because it's not about how many scriptures we know. It's not about our fringes. It's not about none of that. It's actually about getting to the lost souls. That's what it's about, brothers and sisters. So this is why he's saying, go back, humble yourself, study, learn. If you are dealing with these things, repent to the Most High God and change your ways. That's it. It's not like you're going to be condemned to something, but you must repent. Look at yourself. Look at what your motive is. Why am I doing this? Am I doing this to show off for the girl down the street because I wanted to see my fringes? Or I need her to know that I, 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 you know, I read the Bible 52 times. Yeah, I read it backwards, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I read it from Revelations. Then I read it to Genesis. Mm -hmm. Sure did. This is what the Most High is saying. What is the motive, brothers and sisters? The motive means everything. So we must prove ourselves. All of us. And this, this is good because you don't want to be in the work with somebody who's doing things just to be seen. None of us, I definitely don't want to be in the work. I'm sure none of you want to be in the work with a brother or a sister who's just doing stuff to be seen, trying to be overly deep. Nobody wants that, brothers and sisters. And it's not effective, nor is it efficient. And Israelites can tell when you're trying to elevate yourself and seem like you're better than them. And that's what really... <laughs> That's what really pees Israelites off Is when you come into a room And you trying to show me up And they can tell Brothers and sisters Trust and believe Israelites can tell When that's what your motive is You can hide it And do it all Whatever you're talking about They can fill it We're going to go to 1 Corinthians 10 and 31 we got about four more scriptures We're going to close out Brothers and sisters Prisoners of the Lord Prisoners brothers and sisters No choice in the matter This should be the motive. 1 Corinthians 10 and 31. Whether therefore ye eat or drink, or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Do it for what? To the glory of God. So you can't do the right thing for the wrong reason, brothers and sisters. Charity. Some people just do charity to be seen. We've seen it. I've been, you know, in the truth for quite some time. And I've seen, brothers... Deal with charity just to be seen. A brother having a hard time on his rent, you know. He's like, oh, yeah, I got it. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it. I'll give him a thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah, he came to me. Yeah, he needed a thousand. You know, I hit him off. That's nothing. This goes on, brothers and sisters. This is what goes on. People who are doing stuff just, yeah, I want them to know I got it like that. Yeah, I want them to know that. Or you, you, they're in the choir and they're just showing their vocal range, their vocal prowess. They over singing the whole rest of the choir, <laughs> over singing and everything. It's like, brother, this is not an acapella, brother. Can you stick? This is what goes on, brothers and sisters. This is what goes on. We've seen it. Brothers who are doing charity just to let everybody know he got it like that. And then, matter of fact, go run, tell everybody that the brother needed something too. If you're doing it, do it in secret, brother. Why are you coming to tell us that the brother needed your help? 
That's not of God, brothers and sisters. Humility, meekness, pure heart, brothers and sisters. If we do good works only to receive praise in the first place, then our good works are tainted with selfishness and they're no longer good works, brothers and sisters. So we must prove ourselves, each and every one of us. We're going to Jeremiah 17 and then we'll close at Psalms 37. We're going to Jeremiah 17 and chapter, uh, excuse me, chapter 17, verse 10. Jeremiah 17, verse 10. I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. Right. So we can only judge the outward appearance, brothers and sisters, but the most high God, he searches the heart. So selfish motives hinder our spiritual development. And for that reason, we should constantly evaluate our own motives and be willing to be honest with ourselves about why we're choosing to do certain actions, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 10. I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways. So, so we must all, including myself, be careful not to practice our righteousness in front of others to be seen by them, brothers and sisters. Because the Most High is interested in our motives more so than our actions, brothers and sisters. You cannot do the right thing for the wrong reasons. We have one last scripture and we're going to close it out. We're going to Psalms 37 and 23. Psalms 37, verse 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Can you read that one more time, brother? The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. So those of us who are called to the service of workmanship must have impeccable trust in the Most High, brothers and sisters. We must surrender in all facets of life and rejoice to be a prisoner of Christ. Kwam Yasharala. Kwam Yasharala. Sin no more. Sin no more.